Where I see the problem is when skepticism becomes cynicism. So when you move from a space of having questions and maybe having reservations about something to a space of disbelieving the integrity or the sincerity of the other person who's you know sharing this experience. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Good day, my friends, in the immortal words of Fetty Wap. Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know why I said that, but here we are. I'm just on one today. We're rolling with it. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. So I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to dive into the topic for today. But before I get into that, I just wanted to share a quick announcement with you. Probably going to start doing some announcements at the beginning of the episodes from here on out, just to keep you updated on all of the other things that are going on in my world. So one thing that I am super, super excited about that I just wanted to share really quickly. If you follow me on Instagram, then you probably have seen a little bit about this, but I'm calling it my human design immersion or HD immersion. It is a three week long, so super short, super quick uh, little program. We'll meet once a week for three weeks. Like I already said, it's only three weeks, (laughs) but we'll meet once a week and we'll go over what I consider to be the three most, I guess, basic, but also really tangible, actionable aspects of your chart without going into too much detail into all of the language and, you know, all the gates and all the channels and all the, the specifics. Unless you want to, of course, we can totally talk about all that if that interests you. But what this is really aimed to do is help you take the, like I said, what I consider to be the most actionable parts of your chart, at least when you're starting out with your human design, and apply those in your real life as soon as possible without getting stuck in all the information. I'm really focusing these three weeks on how do I take this piece of my chart. So my energy type or my authority, you know, your decision-making, which I've talked about in the past couple episodes and your profile, which so much of the most massive deconditioning for me and the most impactful parts of my human design journey really did come from that profile. So how do I take these three aspects of my chart and literally embody them in my day-to-day? And we, what we talk about strips away a lot of the woo-woo, like I said, unless you want to go there and we totally can, you know, I'm here for that. But I really do, you know, mission of this show and, and kind of the mission of my work in general is to to bridge the gap between what feels kind of out there for some people and what feels really grounded and human and, and tactical in a way. So I'm going to break all those aspects down for you over the course of the three weeks. We're also going to have a lot of time to really talk about how this looks in your life right now because I've definitely had the experience with my human design that a lot of it sounds really nice, but I'm like, well, how the fuck do I do this right now when I have all these other obligations, when I have, you know, people around me that make it challenging and, you know, even like beliefs that come up and blocks that come up within myself. So there's so much time to really work all of that 
in this program as well. So I'm really, really excited about it. I mean, program even feels like too big of a word for it, but it's really short, really targeted. I'm super duper excited about it. So if that interests you at all, please go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is always in the show notes, so you can find it there. I am, like I said, stoked about this. So I can't wait to chat with you about it. If you have any questions at all, please, please don't hesitate to ask. I love talking about this stuff and I'm so excited to share it with you. So that is my quick announcement for the day. So let's dive into the topic. So today on the pod, I want to talk about placebo, the placebo effect and specifically how it relates to spirituality. I also (laughs) made myself laugh because this is kind of what I like to call who fucking cares if it's real as long as it works and doesn't hurt anybody. (laughs) So I think placebo is a much easier way of saying that, but the other way is a little more fun. Anyway, I have been noodling on this topic for quite a few weeks now. And I think I mentioned this when I was first starting, but I kind of have been fired up about it um, today as I was kind of running through what I wanted to say. And also, you know, the past few weeks as I've been kind of thinking about it. So might feel like a little rant. Who knows? We'll find out together. It's also kind of perfect timing. And I think this is part of why it was so top of mind for me this week was a few of the things that we discussed in last week's episode with Dr. Robin McKay really did kind of light my fire again about all this. And by the way, that was a really excellent convo. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you check it out, especially, I mean, for anybody really, but if you consider yourself to be kind of a high achiever, um, really ambitious goals, all the things, no matter what side of spirituality you land on, whether you're you know, on the fence, whether you're like kind of not into it, but kind of open or whether you're like super into it, there's so much in there, no matter which side of the coin you land on. So highly, highly recommend you go back and check that one out when you have a chance. Anyway, one of the parts of that conversation that really kind of, like I said, reignited this whole placebo topic as it relates to spirituality is one of the things we talked about, well, maybe middle-ish of the episode, I don't really know, but getting gaslit by, you know, friends or family or even, you know, society at large for having spiritual experiences, like making spiritual experiences normal. And I mentioned in that episode that I was told things, you know, back in the day when I was little, like, it's just in your imagination or it's not real. When I would share about the things that I was, you know, seeing, feeling, experiencing as a kid. And I think part of the reason why this gets me so fired up is because it honestly reminds me of being gaslit by doctors when I was at the peak of my health issues. Like I had so many doctors telling me my symptoms weren't bad enough to warrant further testing. Uh, I shouldn't, you know, be feeling that bad based on the results and it's all in my head, things like this. So I think that experience of being dismissed for what I'm experiencing in my physical body is part of why it really just grinds my gears so much. Like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you to tell me how my body feels and what I'm experiencing? You are not in my body. You have no way of being in my body and experiencing what I'm experiencing and feeling what I'm feeling. So how dare you tell me that my experience is not valid? It's infuriating. And, you know, at that point, thank God I was old enough and 
I think even honestly courageous enough because it is really, it does take a lot to not really clap back. That's not the right word at all, but, but to, you know, stand up for yourself in that situation. This person has so much training and experience and knowledge and wisdom, according to, you know, what we've kind of come to understand as a society. So to stand up against that really does take a lot of courage. So I commend you if you've had that experience as well. But yeah, thank God that I didn't give in at that point. I could easily have gotten super discouraged and just stop asking, stop looking, but I didn't. And looking back on those spiritual experiences that I had as a child, that was certainly not the case back then. I was really little and I didn't know that I could say, you know, no, but this is my experience. I didn't know to stand firm in my beliefs and my experiences in, in that way. And, you know, when I was told it's just my imagination, I was like, oh, okay, it must just be my imagination. So, you know, beyond this as well, I've actually thought a lot about kind of this topic in general over the past few years, I'll say. I've thought a lot about how my life would have kind of been different, not necessarily wished for it to be different, but just thought about what it might've looked like if I had been encouraged in my experiences as a child and really given the tools to navigate them instead of just kind of being dismissed in that way. I went through a two long or two year long intuitive training program that wrapped up at the end of last year. And this program in particular, I thought about this all the time because, you know, they were teaching me tools about how to protect yourself and relationships between energies and all of these things. Like there were things that terrified me as a little kid that if I had had the tools that I have now, it would very likely have completely changed my experience with these things that really terrified me. And this is not to say that I'm angry or resentful in any way of the experience that I had. Nobody, you know, knew any different or, or t could teach me any different at the time. And, you know, as the saying goes, once you know better, you do better. I'm really, really glad that I have the, the knowledge that I have now to pass it on to my kids one day. But, you know, I'm also exceedingly grateful of every single part of my journey, including, you know, navigating this whole reawakening, including my whole entire health journey, because it made me who I am. It got me to the place I'm at right now. And I love who I am now. I love where I am now. And I love what I'm doing and pursuing and all the things. But it is just really fascinating for me to kind of think back on that and to kind of consider it. And that's another thing that I found really interesting, actually, in speaking with Robin was hearing the way that her family was just totally accepting of her experience. So she almost had the opposite experience of, of what I had and just, you know, like total synchronistic part of our journeys, I think. And I'll also say, you know, to be fair, nobody made me feel like legitimately crazy for anything that I shared. I do know, you know, multiple people who have shared that they were literally put in the psych ward when they shared about their experiences. So I'm very, very grateful that that was not part of my experience. Like I said, for me, it was always just, you know, it's not real or something along those lines. So I kind of eventually like shut it down if you will, and stopped having the experiences or, or stopped being quite as sensitive to it. Um, I wasn't, you know, having the same frequency of experience after that or as intensive experience. I don't know that you can necessarily completely shut it off, but that's a conversation for another time. You know, this is kind of the whole thing. And even thinking about the title of the show, you know, not that crazy. There's this tendency of society at large to... <laughs> 
essentially decide your cuckoo bananas as soon as you come out as spiritual, as you start talking about some of this stuff. Like you're so often dismissed. All psychics are bullshit or energy healing isn't real or like what the fuck even is light language and, you know, full disclosure on this last one. I'm not even completely sure about it. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm deep in the woo, but that's a legitimate question that I have. What even is light language? But the difference I think between me and many other people that kind of have that question is I'm absolutely open to having the experience to learning about it and potentially adopting it as my own, you know, belief and experience. That's another thing actually that Robin and I talked about is how so many of us have lost our openness and curiosity somewhere along the way. And, you know, openness, curiosity, these are two qualities that I really strongly believe are so innate to us as humans and even to science itself. So I think there's an interesting kind of parallel there to shutting off our curiosity and openness just as we kind of shut our spiritual selves down, whether or not you can say they go hand in hand. I'm not making that claim, but just an interesting kind of parallel like I said. And, you know, maybe it's because I've seen and experienced so much myself at this point, you know, literal firsthand experiences with all this stuff that I really do exist in this space of non-judgment for what other people may or may not be experiencing in their reality. I really have no way of knowing or proving any of it what I'm experiencing or what they're experiencing. I can only go off of me and what I've seen and what I know. So I'm certainly not going to discredit their experience, you know, what they've felt, seen and know, even if I am a little skeptical of it. And I'm absolutely open to the experience if it's meant to be part of my journey. Like I said, with light language, like if I start speaking that, if that's the thing that you can do, then like, cool, I'll experience it. I'm totally open to it. But I, I, have questions around it right now. And that's the thing too, is I actually think it's totally okay to be skeptical. In part, I think because it's so hard to know if you haven't been through it yourself, because so much of this stuff, I think you really can only know once you've experienced it firsthand. And where I see the problem is, is when skepticism becomes cynicism. So when you move from a space of you know, having questions and maybe having reservations about something to a space of disbelieving kind of the integrity or the sincerity of the other person who's, you know, sharing this experience. I'm not saying <laughs> that, you know, none of it is bullshit. I'm absolutely not saying that. There definitely is bullshit within spirituality. You know, there are people who are definitely not in integrity with their work and with what they're saying. That's absolutely true, though, of pretty much every industry or every space that you could venture into. So it's it's all around. We got to we got to acknowledge that, I think. This is what kind of leads me back to placebo. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with the concept of the placebo effect. But in case you're not, in essence, it's a favorable outcome in a patient. You know, often this is in, um, you know, medical clinical trials, that sort of thing. So it's a favorable outcome based solely on their belief or expectation of the outcome and not on the treatment itself. So to be a little bit more specific here, for example, um, clinical trials in the development of pharmaceutical drugs, they'll put a certain group of the 
whole trial on the actual drug, you know, the new one they're developing and, and studying. And they'll put another group on the placebo, something basically like a sugar pill that is totally inert or inactive. Actually, my mom, I remember growing up, she was part of a clinical trial in San Francisco for multiple sclerosis. Like I told you in um, episode one, she has MS, probably told you that in multiple episodes. So just interesting. I, I kind of got to witness firsthand how that works. Uh, but anyway, it does occur in these trials that patients taking the placebo experience favorable outcomes based totally on the belief that they will improve. Like that's actually a thing that happens. I can't tell you exactly, you know, how often or what proportion of these patients do experience favorable outcomes, but it's, it's not minor, you know? So I just have to stop and take a moment to acknowledge how totally incredible that is. Like the strength of your belief can literally change your physiology, which if you've listened to episode five or episode seven, I'm sure I've talked about it in other episodes too, but those two shows in particular talk a lot about the power of belief. Like belief work has massive potential when it comes to changing your life and, and changing your external reality. And so circling back to placebo, if a patient experiences this beneficial effect from the placebo drug, from something that's totally inert, I don't think anyone is going to be like, no, nah, I don't believe you. Like that didn't work. They're probably going to be like, wow, that is freaking incredible, right? Like good for you. I'm so, so, so happy for you. So my question is, why can't it be the same for spirituality? Like even if none of this shit is real, which again, who's to say, because we can only really base our conclusions on our own experience and literally do not come at me with the like, show me the science argument. I might actually combust. That was my own argument back in the day. Been there, done that. <laughs> Have the receipts. But, you know, if these spiritual practices, if light language or believing in aliens or like whatever it is, is supporting that person in some way, if it is helping them feel better or happier or more purposeful or like whatever, more connected, who cares? And if it isn't causing harm to either that individual or anyone else, like then who fucking cares? Truly, who cares? What purpose does it serve to discredit them or call them crazy? If you've done this unintentionally, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about the people who, when I was little, told me it's just my imagination or all in my head. Like, I truly don't think most of those people meant it, you know, maliciously or anything like that. And if that's the case for you, if you've kind of said it in passing and, and didn't really, weren't really aware of it, then, you know, don't worry too much about it. Maybe just be more mindful of in the future. It's kind of like treat others how you want to be treated, that sort of thing. But on the other hand, I've certainly experienced people who almost seem to like get off on making fun of spiritual people on putting them down and discrediting them and saying they're crazy and all this sorts of stuff. And, you know, as I'm even saying this, I'm sure that I used to do it too, calling myself out. <laughs> I will never, never say that I'm completely perfect or a saint in any way, shape or form. I will be the first to raise my hand and say, yeah, I fucked up. So <laughs> me calling me out when the pendulum for me had swung, you know, way far into the realm of the cynical and the realm of the super fact-based and show me the science. Like, I'm sure that I definitely question people super hard on this as well. But I just have to wonder, you know, what does that actually get you? The, the questioning and the discrediting and all that, or even what it got me back when I did it. 
I mean, I, I can definitely speak from my own experience and say that there was a lot of stuff that I really had to look at and to unpack around spirituality and and spiritual people and all these practices to really bring me back to this place of non-judgment and openness. There was a lot of work that I did around it, a lot of shadow work, all the things. And what I know to be true at this point is, you know, when you react in that way, there's something underneath the reaction that's really asking to be looked at. Whether or not you are aware that there's something there or whether or not you want to look at it, that just tends to be the case. There's something underneath. You know, I just want to say again, like I said earlier, there's shit on every side of the street. It's not just spirituality. I mentioned that it happened in healthcare and it happens in, I'm sure, many, many different you know, careers and interest industries and all the things. So it's, it's not just in spirituality by any means. So I kind of want to leave you with some questions to ponder around this just to kind of, you know, maybe open the door for a little bit of introspection as I love to do. Like, what would it take for you to bring a little bit more openness and compassion to this space? If you find yourself, you know, if you can look back and identify some some situations or conversations where you have kind of questioned and been skeptical or perhaps even cynical of spiritual people and their practices, whether it's openly in front of their face or whether it's behind the scenes, you know, what would it really take for you to be a little bit more open and, and non-judgmental? And not only in this space, like I said, not just in spirituality, but you can apply this to any space you find yourself in judgment of another's experience. Like what's there? Why are you, you know, in that place of being judgmental? What's underneath the resistance you have to exploring some of this stuff a little bit? And I think specifically, I'm talking about this spirituality stuff a little bit. I'm not talking about necessarily like diving headfirst into seven ayahuasca ceremonies and running naked through the jungle under the moonlight. Like (laughs) we don't have to go that deep right away, but perhaps some of the lower hanging fruit, so to speak, like maybe it's exploring human design a little bit. Like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, starting there, maybe it's trying an energy healing session, seeing how that goes. Maybe it's trying a breathwork session. Like what comes up around that when you think about why you don't want to? Is there fear? Is there a story maybe around why you think you don't need it or, you know, you're you don't want to try it if you're not called to it? Great. But like, just get curious around it. That's really my invitation is like, get curious. Ask, why are you so resistant? Why are you so closed? And just see what you find. Just see what you find. And maybe also don't give spiritual people (laughs) so much shit. Don't give humans in general so much shit, you know? the world could use a little more love. So (laughs) that's my little rant for the day, short and sweet. And now I will leave you with a, what the fuck am I doing? So we're traveling into the world of mushrooms again. I promise at one point I'm going to have stories that aren't mushrooms, but they just keep coming up and they're so good that I just got to share. So mushrooms again, I'm actually finishing the story that I started maybe two episodes ago um, from that one Cascade show. Maybe it was last episode. I don't remember. But the one I talked about, Ego Death, this is the same night, um, same same group, same crew. So <laughs> this was the weirdest. I can't remember if I said this in the other episode or not, but this was the weirdest mushroom experience I've ever had where it was like super minimal, kind of a flat line. 
like a tiny, tiny little cone up, then it flatlined, then it had this like massive peak for a really short amount of time. <laughs> and then it like went back down, flatlined again, super low. So it was just really interesting. I've never had that experience before. And so I can remember before I had that really sharp peak where it got kind of intense and it was actually really fun. But before I had that peak, I remember looking back and seeing my friend's face and like her eyes were just like these saucers basically like looking not just at the stage but like looking at the sky like I wish I could show you a picture of her face I don't have any pictures of her face but like the one that I have in my mind just because it was so funny there was so much like awe and wonder like this was the most awe-inspiring thing that she was ever witnessing and it was so funny to watch and so I have no idea obviously what's going on with her at this point because we're still at the show all the things and we get back, we have a night, we go to bed, we wake up, we go have lunch before we left San Diego. And we were talking about our experiences that night. And so basically what was happening when I, I looked at her and she was flying saucer eyeballs was she thought we had all gone to heaven. Uh, she thought we had all gone to heaven and that somehow the entire world, every nation had been united against these couple of specific people who are, you know, quote unquote, bad people. So everyone in the world was united against these two common enemies and that we had all so solved world peace so that we were living in this magical, I mean, literally heaven, she said. And I'm like, I so wish I could be in your brain to experience what you were experiencing in that show because I was on a very different, well, maybe she was the one on a different planet. Oh man, it's just so funny. like. I honestly don't think I've ever had that sort of experience where I feel like I've completely been to a different planet or anything like that. Um, I have had the penis envy experience where if you listen to, God, I don't remember what episode it was, but I t told you about the experience on Broadway. So that's that's about as intense as it's gotten for me as as, you know, weird and out there. But it sounded like she had a lovely time. Sounded like a reality that I want to live in. <laughs> Living in heaven, solving world peace, all the things. So super funny. I hope you found that as amusing as I did. And parting snapshot of the week. So circling back to how I started this episode, I said something about noodling. been noodling on this topic for a while. And my question is, did we all start referring to the brain as our noodle and start talking about noodling as thinking because of the show PB&J Otter? Like, first of all, do you remember the show PB&J Otter? If you don't, if you didn't watch it, it was like something, you know, growing up. I don't know what year. I was born in 92, so <laughs> figure it out. But if you haven't seen it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please Google or search on YouTube like the noodle song or the, the noodle dance, I'm sure it's called. Because every time they would think about like a problem and solve the problem, they would do the noodle dance. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> I'm going to spare you that. Just look it up and then you know what I'm talking about if you don't already. But like literally, as I was saying noodle, when I started the episode, I was like, where did that actually come from? Was it from PB&J Otter? And I feel like if it was from PB&J Otter, I'm going to be pretty impressed. I don't know literally any other connection that would have to anything at all other than PB&J Otter, but I kind of love it. I'm kind of here for it. It makes things a little more fun. Brain is so boring. Thinking is so boring. Noodling is so fun. And who doesn't want to make even the smallest pieces of life feel a little more fun? 
So with that, I will leave you for the day. As always, if you feel called to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so, so grateful. It helps me grow the show, get on more amazing guests. And yeah, I'm just always so appreciative, as I said. If you feel called, you can also share this episode with a friend. That's another great way to help me spread the word, um, gain more you know, traction for the show, all the things. So I would appreciate that so much as well. Oh, and I forgot to say, as always, if you do leave a rating and review, if you take a screenshot and DM that to me over on Instagram, you can gain access to my secret playlist that I created for the show. It's a lot of fun. And I do kind of switch it up every now and again. So there's always something new to check back in on. Just my way of saying thank you for supporting me and supporting the show, all the things. And with that, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, night, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Or I guess not see you. I'll talk to you next week. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.